You're listening to Your Rivers Are Wrong, the podcast. Good morning, everyone, or any other time zone you're in. You, by now, should know that we favor all time zones in this podcast. Welcome back to the Your Rivers Are Wrong podcast. It's me. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Marilyn. I'm almost thrown off when you start off with it's me because I don't know if I'm supposed to repeat it. Hi, it's me. My name Do is it. Dante. I almost yeah. forgot my name. And I'm the other co-host for today. Yeah, that's right. And in this podcast, to reel it back in, because we're already going, mm-hmm. we're going, mm-hmm. we're going quick here. <laughs> we talk about the wonderful whimsies of world building, the arts and aesthetics of setting up a setting and telling stories born from it. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Ah, oh, this intro went great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's more interesting when it doesn't go smoothly, I gotta that's say. That's true. You know, you gotta keep it fresh. I think that's very true in any case. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's gotta be repeatable. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. It has been a busy week, but mm. what has changed, really? <laughs> what has changed? <laughs> same old, same old. Yeah. Hmm. I wanted to bring up, this is my only life update, that I uh, I said last week that I started building a computer and it's basically done and I spent a week on it. Yes, that's right. But it's still not plugged in for two reasons. One is that I have a video I still have to edit for my channel and I don't want to start working on a new setup before I finish it. So ah. I want to finish the video and then I start using my computer. That makes sense. That sounds like the most efficient way of doing it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. The second reason that I haven't started using it is because the first thing I downloaded on this new PC was Baldur's Gate 3. It sounds like a wonderful game. Uh-huh. And I know, I know Once the second I start playing it, I'm yep. going to lose a hundred hours of my life. Yeah. And I need to not have that temptation in front of me just yet. How self-aware of you. <laughs> I think that's it's very so bad. Yeah, that's that's typical. It hurts every day. <laughs> there's there's a lot of Baldur's Gate games, right? Like I feel like there's previous ones and stuff. Yeah. I've I've never got into this, but I feel like everyone always talks about Baldur's Gate games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a like long term long time fan? Honestly, no, not really. Oh. I'm not too big on single player RPGs. I like, you know, interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. But YouTube has been drip feeding me this game for the past month. <laughs> and every clip I see is so, so funny and so fun. that I'm like, oh, I just got to try it. Because, you know, it's D&D. You might yeah. as well, like, give it a shot. I mean, so, basically, yeah. Yeah. Very it's exciting. just been sitting here two feet away from me being like, just finish your work and you'll be <laughs> able to enjoy the game. I do feel like because you built your own, you're, you literally built your own computer around it. It is like the perfect <laughs> reason to say, hey, I deserve this. I literally built this fucking computer and now I can play this mm-hmm. game. Like, that's dangerous. I, for me, yeah. that would be very dangerous because I would be like, I can do this. I deserve this. This is the prize for all my hard work. And I would Listen, do it. All I anyway. got to do is all I got to do is plug it in and I'm good to go. I just can't do that or I'll get no work done. <laughs> oh, so it's, so I'm, I'm at a crossroads and here here's where I'm sitting right now. But that's that's my life. It's just generally busy and I got to check this list off before I get to having God. Fun, I guess. Here's where we are different. <laughs> okay. Uh, how are you doing? A post-grad life. Yeah, How's that's life? weird. Hey, by the way, guys, did I tell you this last time? No, because then I didn't have grades yet. <laughs> I graduated from my master's degree. That's wild. Amazing. That's very strange. Amazing. It's a part-time remote master, so it's in the absolute most anticlimactic graduation I ever had. <laughs> Not that I've had a lot of them, but, you know, I got one before, which was better than this one. But anyway, yeah, great grades, great release. 
very strange, but I celebrate it with the fam and with the friends. So good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and also, cool. it feels very normal. Like, I haven't l- thought about this project like since I rush finished this this summer, right? And, and now I'm right. like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. While we were on vacation, by the way. I worked so hard for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I forgot people were going to look at this after I handed it in. It didn't end when I sent in that stupid PDF. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. And I guess they liked it. So that's good. I'm so glad that all turned out good because you were stressing about it Me too. during our trip. And I'm like, I <laughs> yes, hope I did. this is all yes, I was. working out. <laughs> I mean, so. I know I, I'm good at last minute figuring out like priorities and stuff, but this was a lot. Yeah. I mean, not recommending <laughs> graduating during your cyber break. It's a, it's a bad idea, <laughs> but I guess it worked out. So, I mean, who am I to tell you that? <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. It's great. And also, I mean, honestly, things have just been going on and work has been picking up and it's pretty busy. Yeah, and it's the weather is ridiculous here and I'm mm. like sweating more than I'm able to like hydrate. So I don't know <laughs> what's going on, but yeah. Oh, yeah. The temperature has been wild. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's probably a global thing at this point. We've been here. Yeah. I hate <laughs> summer. It's OK. <laughs> we'll manage. <laughs> Speaking anyway. of the world, what do we usually do on this podcast? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not here for rambles. You're here for world build, world building. There I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that <laughs> I entirely in. I guess I deserve this. <laughs> anyway, since I am your host for today, it is my humble task to bring the topic of this podcast, of this episode. What are we going to talk about? Well, I will tell you what we're going to talk about today. I thought it would be fun to uh, break our brains a little bit about vessels and or vehicles. Mm, I okay. feel like we've we've touched upon this a little bit already in like, well, I mean, it's in every genre, so it's got to it's got to <laughs> happen at some point. Right. But this is where it started. Here's my little introduction. Uh, I've ready. been reading the amazing graphic novel uh, or I guess online, like free to read webcomic turned graphic novel on a sunbeam by Tilly Walden. Mm. She's great. It's very beautiful. And it takes place in a sort of, I guess it's sci-fi. It's not like hardcore sci-fi because it feels very like grounded, but it takes place a lot on a spaceship and a spaceship that's very much a sort of, I mean, we know it and we love it. The found family sort of home is whoever you travel with, you know, that kind of stuff. It's that kind of a story. And I really liked it. It was really good. It's a big recommendation. Uh, And it got me thinking a little bit on How vessels and vehicles and basically like how you move about can have such different roles in any sort of story that you place it in, right? The spaceship idea is, of course, very much a we're confounded to the space and we will literally die if we if we leave it because space (laughs) is like not good for humans. (laughs) And you have I mean, we talked about this before, I think, like Snowpiercer, where like there's a lot of apocalyptic stuff that's like very centered around one single vehicle or one single Mm -hmm. <laughs> something that everyone's basically crammed into and it's a it's a good pressure cooker for any storytelling right but then there's also the other kind where i was thinking about like genie's lamps right where it's a sort of magical Uh-oh. confinement i guess um that's only tied to one single person and that comes with great power and there's a very strange dynamic in that one but there's also the more traditional things where we talk about a lot, I guess, which is just a sort of horsepower travel in, you know, more medieval <laughs> old school style stories. And that's that's all very different. And they f- they feel very different in terms of the relationship you have with your vehicle or your vessel. So I guess we got to talk about it. There's a there's a lot yeah. here. And I think it's very interesting. So, um, yeah, that's the topic for today. I was wondering if you just sort of first things first, right, if there's immediately something that comes to mind 
as I talked about this. I will say that this season in particular has been uh, a little bit movement focused as we kind of bounce around the world. Hmm. Uh, We did have that episode, I believe it was 63 that we talked about travel. So we did glance upon vehicles. Yeah, it's kind of similar. Yeah. And then I think there was last episode or a few before it that we talked about technology. And uh, in that, we mentioned that vehicles are often a way to determine like the era or the um, progression of technology of a certain setting. So you could always look towards how they transport themselves to get around. And, you know, the more the better they can transport themselves, the more advanced they are or the more mastery they have over the world at large. Mm -hmm. But I really liked how you brought up um, genies in a vessel. I think that's really interesting because that's like a unwilling sort of transportation. It's like almost more of a cage and, you know, how you bring things around. Obviously, uh, it inspires this kind of idea of hammer space where there's a very, very large amount of space condensed into a very, very small vessel. Did you did you call that hammer space? Hammer space, yeah. Is you never heard of hammer space? No, I never yeah, heard of hammer space. Hammer space is wow. an old anime term. I want to say anime term. Huh. When a person just pulls a hammer out of nowhere for like a gag. Oh, like the magical the cartoon, cartoon pocket that everything fits into. Yeah, exactly. Oh. That's, is that's, that called hammer space? I love that. Colloquially that's hammer great. space. And you store, you know, it, you know, Link has a lot of hammer space. Yeah. You know, he stores like bags and bags full so of many. stuff uh, that he pulls out uh, willy-nilly. So... That's a really interesting conversation. Uh, we could lean either towards these um, often magical or unexplained spaces of vessels, or we could talk more about vehicles because, you know, I love that because we've been doing that for quite a while. I think <laughs> an earlier episode, we had transportation as one of our topics and yeah. trains and planes always come up <laughs> in yeah. this podcast in general. But I was wondering, like, was there anything in particular you wanted to talk about specifically for this episode? Well, I think... What fascinated me about, as I sort of started thinking about this, is the variety of relationships you can have with it, right? Because I remember, for instance, there's this, um, well, yeah, young adults, I guess is the genre of like fantasy series, Rangers Apprentice, that I loved growing up. They have a lot of books as well. I think it's mm-hmm. by John Flanagan. It's really great. And it's it's pretty typical like medieval stuff. You basically follow Will. He's the uh, apprentice to a sort of in-house ranger for a for a castle and he learns this sort of uh, how do you say that the <laughs> of the trade <laughs> the trade i guess tricks, he learns the trade tricks. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he basically learns to shoot and he learns to become really cool and to sort of move about in the shadows and uh it's a very typical job that he's trying to learn over the course of these books and it's really great and in those books the relationship they have with their horse companion basically that they're training to also be very skilled in you know Walking silently and uh, mm. you know giving giving them sort of hints if if danger is nearby or something is really described really well and it's there's a lot of scenes in the, in those books where it's just them traveling like single person on horse for hours because that's just a big part of the part of the job just moving about and then because they have the sort of friendly intimate animal to rider i guess relationship it becomes a really interesting scene and otherwise Mm. if it if it wouldn't have been like that it would be really boring like it would be a solo (laughs) journey right it would be just like pondering thoughts that's like the total one side of it and then on the other side it's like as i can imagine as you said a little bit like 
in the genie's lamp sort of situation where you're basically fucked, where you can't do anything and somehow you're still moving about, right? And you're basically cursed by the vehicle that you're stuck in. And somehow the frustration or the sort of intimacy of that relationship is really weird and strange to me. And I really like Mm. that. And I guess it really impacts your character, like your human-ish or humanoid, Mm -hmm. your main character, if they are, you know, so entangled in such a relationship with their vehicle or their, you know, the way they move about. Yeah. And I think that's really, that's really cool. (laughs) And really does. Yeah. Yeah. Something about vehicles inspires the idea of autonomy. It's the option or at least, or at least a tool that people use to move places faster or more conveniently. Like it's a symbol of status. It's a possibly even luxurious or Mm -hmm. just, you know, for speed, right? We are any in any video game. We always treat vehicles as like an upgrade, right? It's when you unlock the chocobo yeah. in Final Fantasy, <laughs> or when you get the running shoes or the bike in Pokemon, right? So to twist it on its head and make uh, the situation of a vehicle unwilling turns it into a loss of autonomy, and in that you get to kind of get the opposite of the freedom you experience when you get your vehicle for the first time, and it's a taxing on the character. I think really good stories find a way to. In- incorporate their modes of transportation in a sort of character building angle Mm. you know uh, what does this mean now that the character has this are they given more responsibility because they can traverse the world faster or is this a limiting factor you know in a game you'd never upgrade your character by putting them in a genie lamp right it's not really (laughs) it's not not really conductive no yeah it's more of an obstacle right Mm -hmm. And um, this form of captivity or loss of autonomy, you cannot go where you want to. People take you places. And it speaks more of like a prisoner situation or like, you know, Princess Peach being stolen away, locked in a castle, you know. As much as vehicles are so important, vessels in and of itself are kind of the opposite of that. Or at least this gray area where do you value your vessel? Does it mean something to you? Is it important to you? Because, you know, it, if we start talking about vessels, and this might just be another branch of the conversation. Go ahead. And we we could speak of, like, ghosts and possession and, like, oh. inhabiting things that aren't yours, you know? Um, yeah. The same way, like, um, <laughs> like a spirit might enter into a table or a, or a countertop or, like, possess these machineries that allow them to interact with the physical world, you know? Use th- those as a vehicle to be in a place where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even like a person in another person, you know, classic possession story. <laughs> That's clearly both an angle for freedom for the ghost, as well as an angle for captivity for the person being possessed or held captive or made into a vessel. You know, yeah. it's, it's a whole nother branch. It's so interesting, though. I love that you brought it up because I feel like the maybe I didn't even realize as I was sort of <laughs> prepping for this episode, but I really love the angle of sort of impeding movement in any way. Because, of course, we talked about it in the travel episode already, like the way or the amount or the pace with which you can travel implies a lot of stuff and says a lot about your world. But it also says a lot, if we sort of turn inward for a sec, about your single character, right? There's a whole thing that's called movement direction. I watched like a great, great video from National Theatre where someone just explained what their job was as a movement director for a play, <laughs> right? I mean, I knew it existed, but I had no idea what, what they were doing all day, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And they just sort of talked about how they basically work with a, with a actor that's portraying a character in, you know, one of their new productions that they're doing, and they just find the movement for that character. And they just work with like, what animal would you associate with this person? And how can you 
sort of translate those ticks or those little mm-hmm. like bits of physical information to a sort of human version of that, right? And that's the the sort of most simple exercise they did, but it was fascinating. And I never thought about in my life how different it would look if somebody changed only a movement style and nothing else into, you know, in their character. And I think that's also why we're so, or at least if I'm talking for myself, why I'm so fascinated by stories where movement is suddenly changed in this, you know, one and the same character when either, you know, in the classic sense where someone gets sick and has to suddenly use a wheelchair and the frustration of like not being able to move the way you want or assume that you're able to move, right? That's, that's super shitty. Or the other way around when you're talking what you were saying, like in a possession sort of style, the feel that you get when you know that someone's not themselves in a way, whether you have the information of someone is possessed or not, right, mm-hmm. doesn't maybe even really matter. But the fact that it something feels off, right, that sort of uncanny feeling oh, of course. is so cool because it's really hard to do. I think. It's also in terms of if I'm talking for myself as a theater lover and it's so nice to figure that out, right? Like how do you play the body of one character and the mind of another? And that's that's so strange. There's a lot to go at in there, which I really love. We could have a whole episode on just like, okay, we, we've had a spirits episode. <laughs> I don't um, mind but, that we're going in this direction but, at all. I love this stuff. <laughs> see, season seven, look out for like a, like a, a cult possession type episode, whatever that may be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I will say we've also had uh, an episode entirely about movement. So this feels like a culmination yeah. of that. We're doing a lot here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can see what's very present on our minds. It's very, it's something. It's like a travel and Breath of the Wild and everything yep. in that little um in that little pocket. It's kind of true. On the topic of we could we could we could stay here for a little bit. This seems fun. In the topic of like spirit possession, we've absolutely treaded that when we did our playthrough of Tangled Blessings, where it's like mm. we have to yes. reckon with spirits and their wants and their needs. And do we sacrifice a little bit of our our own desires and our own self autonomy to permit these spirits to act through us? You know, act as a medium. It's it, it was a bit of a magical game. We've talked about it at length. And obviously, if you want, you can check out the episode with Cassie Mothwin yeah, earlier in the season. It was great for the person who wrote that game. But that's always so interesting to play with the idea of agency Hmm. when we when we think about vehicles when we think about movement we always think about the world being opened up to us there's so much now within our grasp like you know the first time you get to drive and you think about all the cities you can now go to or the places you can go to on your own without relying on something slower like walking or just a bus or something it's an expanding of your opportunities and you see you can almost visualize all those all those opportunities branching out from you and then the idea of willingly limiting yourself and in the opposite direction of vessels and, you know, a bit more occult in this aspect, but allowing somebody else to be within you to act in spite of you, even yeah. uh, for their own purposes. Are you willing to give up that agency for something perhaps greater? The whole genie in a bottle thing is exactly that unlimited power. Uh, what did Robin Williams say? Itty bitty living space, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Got it. Perfect. <laughs> all, all this potential, all this agency, all this opportunity locked up yeah. for somebody else's use. And it reflects on the character who's in captivity, their perspective on their life and the world. And of course, the person who is essentially their captor, whoever wields that genie's lamp, essentially stealing this magic for their own agency and opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's a whole 
Um, it's yeah. a whole interesting dynamic on how... It's a wild power balance as well. Yeah. Or imbalance, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It reflects on how movement and in contrast, the lack of reflects on the character and their ability to do and achieve. It is an understated ability to build out your character and their perspective on the world. Yeah, for sure. The last thing I also, I guess, thought about as you as you were explaining that a little bit, like, <laughs> I guess you mentioned the phrase, the world opening up, right? When movement comes into play or when you have access to proper movement. The one thing I wrote down on my sort of list of references that I sometimes make for an episode is the obviously classic story of Noah's Ark, right? Where mm. somehow, in a way... That's a sort of weird example of this, right? Or a sort of anti-example almost where the world's not <laughs> not moving, you know, opening up like that. But it's basically closed off by one very specific set of principles, which is there's this, you know, limited space on a boat and we can only, <laughs> you know, let in so many, so many creatures and that's it. Mm -hmm. And somehow it made me also think of the same sort of power dynamic where the boat is literally a sort of metaphor for all the possibility in life of, of the world where the rest of the world's sort mm -hmm. of crumbling away. But then because there's one guy basically at the front of the gate saying you can't and you can go in, somehow the power dynamic is super weird and twisted, right? Even right, though the, right. the, the arc itself is representing so much of like the good stuff of the world. And I think that that's a weird combination to have in like, for instance, in like one of those genie cursed kind of situations, but also yeah. in this, yeah. It's wild how it keeps coming back as well, how it sort of ties into the idea of a vessel or of like a limited space being part of your character arc. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> uh, we've, we've said before, the ability to travel and to move is a symbol of power. It's a status thing. It's something that you can do. I feel like Noah's Ark is probably one of the original inspirations of the train in Snowpiercer, as we've it's brought a classic up so one. many times, yep. where just true. a whole lot of people in a really small space. Mm -hmm. I guess I want to wrap up my perspective on this topic, which is very coincidental. I'm so curious how you landed here, <laughs> because just last night, I streamed a game called Dead Friend, a game of necromancy. Hmm. It's a two-player game where one friend is attempting to resurrect a friend that's passed away. That's the premise of the game, which is oh, already okay. very interesting. Is it a TTRPG or just a video game? Uh, it's a tabletop RPG. Okay. It's a two-player game, yeah. And they reflect on their friendship and what's led them to this point and why this revival ceremony is happening. And it was really fun because we played it over the course of the hour. Obviously, I'm alone on my stream. So the second player was the chat or the people who were in the oh. chat. And they were, <laughs> nice. they were acting as the person I was trying to revive. And That's we had all these prompts. Yeah. And it ended up being so interesting, way more interesting than I expected it to be, okay, because usually okay. I just read through these games. And on the topic of vessels and vehicles, very spookily, 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 sure. is that a word? <laughs> yeah, it is. Very, very spooky is. and spookily accurate. The end result of what we kind of pieced together was that both characters, my character and the chat's character, which they invented, by the way, I didn't have a hand in what they invented. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Was that we were both working in an automotive factory. We were building cars. And our dream over the course of decades was to build this supreme car that would earn us fame and fortune, right? A oh, true, wow. Again, again, like power and authority, very accurate. But the chat's character passed away during the last months working on this car. And my character's trying to uncover the mystery of why they passed away. What happened to the car? Like we need, I needed to know because this was our, this was our life's goal for the last 10 years. <laughs> it, what? It, it, for, to, to really sum it up because it got kind of wild towards the end. Um, chat invented the idea because we were tapping into the occult. 
was that their character realized to power this incredible car, according to the blueprints that we stole to make it, was that it needed a soul to run. Like there had to be a person's soul what? within the vehicle. Okay, that's really cool. To allow it to be the greatest vehicle. Very terrifying, but very cool. <laughs> cool storytelling. And they had an enlightenment of this weird cosmic race beyond the grave that this vehicle was supposed to be made for. My character wanted it for the fame and fortune of the material world. They wanted it for this cosmic afterlife race. So at the end of chat, which blew my mind, again, thank you to anybody who's in that uh, chat. That sounds Wintry dope, yeah, what Wintry the hell? RPG live streams, tune into those every now and then. Sometimes we're inspired. <laughs> that we shook on a deal when I finally revived them. We shook on a deal that they would be inside the car and power it with their soul during my life. But when I finally pass oh my God. in the afterlife, my soul would power the car and they would join this cosmic race. And it was... The most surreal. Th- I I got That's chills when crazy. I saw it appear yeah. in comments and chat. I'm just like, wait, what are you guys offering me right now? <laughs> Some weird dark deal happened in the in in the That's late so hours dope, of the night. Though. I can't believe you made that shit yeah. up. Yeah, <sighs> and it was it was wild. And there were wow. prompts throughout the game That's that amazing. really that literally led us down that path. But it, that was not obviously what the game intended. It was wonderful. And then this morning, you bring up vessels and vehicles, and I'm like, all right, weirdly on point. <laughs> it's a but theme. Let's run with it. It's in the air. I think that's that's the truth <laughs> of it. Yeah. So it's got to be. To sum up my angle, um, vehicles are a symbol of not only power and authority, but also agency, the ability for your character to improve on their situation and expand their horizons. But also in reverse, a vessel is an idea of captivity where you give up your agency for uh, some greater purpose. There's a reason why you're there or there is something working against you. And it's kind of this counterbalance of (laughs) where are you going? What's stopping you? And what are you going to do about it? I mean... Well said, brother. That's great. I love all that stuff. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I can't, I'm still kicking over the fact that you made that with chat. That's wild. I love that so much. Chat was pitching it to me and I'm like, I got chills. It's so twisted and beautiful. It's my favorite kind of twisted and beautiful. (laughs) And, and you know, when, when your counterpoint in the game tosses you some wild idea, you have to be like, all right, you gotta get in. You gotta gotta go. You gotta milk it. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh, Very fun. That's a great ending. I, that's all I want for this episode. This is beautiful. <laughs> However, we're not done yet. <laughs> Hold your horses there. <laughs> oh, I hate myself. <laughs> Hold on. What's going on? Before we wrap up this episode, we do what we always do. We got to bring in one prompt to be able to toss back and forth, or in this case, mostly forth, because I'm the one bringing the prompt. <laughs> I you hope that it. your prompt, you know, your storytelling muscles are still like not drained from the beauty that you oh, did no, last I night. I could do this all day. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's no good. No problem. Okay. In that case, are you ready for a for for a prompt? <laughs> I don't <laughs> yes. know. Let me try that again. Are you ready for the prompt of today, Dante? Absolutely. Can't be more ready. <laughs> okay. I practiced last night. So yeah. I'm more than ready. Yeah. I'm I'm expecting like a high term storytelling shit. <laughs> whoa, you know? whoa, whoa, that's not all not the any pressure. On this. <laughs> no, no, no. Unreal. No, no. Don't worry. This is a safe space. We literally make it up as we go. (laughs) Okay, here we go. The prompt for today Mm. is the following one. I want you to pitch me the genie's plan to get out of his predicament, to get out of his vessel. Mm. Can either be, you know, convincing speech or can be like a wild heist. Either is fine with me. Can be like a specific rule set that somehow is a loophole. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm doing my best to avoid the Aladdin plotline where you trick somebody <laughs> into taking mm. your place. The genie's plan. And I'm I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a little bit of time on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ponder on that. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I got one. When you when you said your prompt, I had the weirdest idea that instantly came to mind <laughs> that was not at all relevant to the topic. Those are you know, the best and, ones. <laughs> and I really tried to shake the idea and like, no, let's do something like that makes sense. Uh, but I couldn't. Uh, so I guess I'll stick to it. I don't really understand why this was what came to mind, but let's go for it. I'm so uh, happy. Please enlighten me. OK, uh, the year is 1980. We are zooming in on suburbia in the middle of the nowhere. Uh, a kid. Probably just uh, entering high school, freshman age, digs up this old ancient looking lamp from the landfill nearby. And, you know, they've heard the story. So they clean it off. It's real shiny and a pile of garbage. And this magical genie comes out. They are glowing with this greenish purple haze of a mix. They loom over this high schooler in classic like old school cartoons fashion. And... <laughs> And the genie says, ah, you have awoken. Give I need a letter for this. I'm sorry. I didn't want to upload the story. Um, N. N? You have awoken uh, Nobunabu. Nobunabu. Yeah. The, the genie from um, some undisclosed other world. We're just going to run with that. Yeah, sure. I am here as classically understood to grant you three wishes. What are they? And the kid, kind of wide-eyed, says, uh, uh, sports scholarship. And the genie's like, all right, I, I don't know what that is. You have to explain <laughs> that. This was the thing that immediately came to mind, by the way. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> you, digging it. You said, Keep going. said, genie hatches a plan, and I thought in my mind, sports scholarship. <laughs> Zero <laughs> I connection. love how your brain works. <laughs> and I could not shake it for the life of me. And and the genie's yeah, like, all gotta, right, it's got to be in there. Or he's like, all right, that's not a, that's not a wish. It's like a statement. I need like a like a like a full <laughs> sentence. He's like, I want to earn a sports scholarship. And genie's like, you know, you could just like wish for a sports scholarship. Like you don't have to say earn it, right? Yeah, I could just you know, kid. That's part part of the part of the magic is I could just give it to you. And the, the high schooler's like, no, it's really important to me that I earn it. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I mean, what I guess I could. Aware high schooler. <laughs> I guess I could. Find some some manuals. Like, how do you expect to learn? You you, you want to practice, right? And he's like, yeah, I want to I want to practice. And I'm like, okay, that's not real. I don't know how I'm supposed <laughs> to aid you in this. Like, I can I can steal some books from the library. I guess I can make sure you stay out on the field a little longer, and you know, not convince yourself to go home early. And he's like, yeah, 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 all of that. I need I I wish for <laughs> I wish for a life coach to help me earn this sports scholarship. <laughs> Uh, and then Gina's like, okay, well, well, second wish, sure. Um, he like rolls and transforms, lands on the ground, dressed in like like a polo shirt. He's like, ah, I am your life coach, Nobunabu. I'm here to help you earn a sports scholarship. The kid's like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's get to work. And then the genie is like smash cut of the genie like in the library studying what is football. Mm -hmm. Like he's he has to, he has to learn obviously himself. He's like learned from the books of professional coaches because internet doesn't exist yet. And there's this smash cut of this kid training in the field, doing these drills, and the the genie just being an encouraging coach. Like yeah, you could do it. Come on, uh, <laughs> pick up those legs. You know I could just magically make you strong enough for football. And the the high school's like I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> 
He's like, okay, whatever, whatever, kid. This is weird. Um, and they spend the entirety of the summer leading into a sophomore year training. Finally, the day comes early September when there's football tryouts. A kid does his best. And, you know, you can see the work during the summer really coming through. Like this kid knows all the moves. He's dipping and dodging. The problem is he's really, really small. And at the end of the day, he does not make the football team. Uh, and the genie's like, I- I'm sorry, I-, I-, I can magically um influence the coach to just let you on. That could be like your third wish. And the kid's like, no, I gotta, that I gotta earn it. I gotta, <laughs> we're sticking to it. And I'm like, we're sticking to it. The tryouts are, tryouts are next year. You, you, could, you can't get through this year. It's next year. And he's like, okay, we're spending a year to get in here. Uh, and he's, and the genie's <laughs> like, all, all right, sure. So they spend a whole nother year together. Wow. And it's not just like football. Like the, now the genie has to teach the kid like nutrition, proper sleeping habits, exercising like work-life balance um staying on top of your studies so your grades go well and it's this whole year and come junior year um he tries out again still doesn't make the cut this is a very Ah. competitive school this is an incredibly competitive situation (laughs) and he's crying and he's bawling and the genie's trying to comfort him he's like kid you have one more wish just you know get it over with (laughs) dude (laughs) you could figure this out and like i i could fix this right now and the kid's like it's not the same one more year let's do this and the genie's like all right <laughs> you know and they spend another year together by now the genie's like buff by the way i mean <laughs> the, the genie had all those laps with him dude listen the genie's had to live somewhere and it can't be in this kid's house that's creepy no. so he's had to like he's had to like find his own job get his own apartment he's had to really in- integrate They're himself they're like best into, friends like, by now it's gotta be like they spent so yeah. much time <laughs> He's a little bit of magic to take off the glowing and the green skin. And he's he's solidified himself as a real member of society. And he's just kind of living this life. He's got even a little bit of like a romance happening on the side. Oh, there's, okay. There's like, a, there's like this Let's whole go. life that's happening as his entire being is focused on getting this kid into his high school football team. Senior year comes around. Last moment. This kid is as strong as he could ever be. The problem is, is that this year there is an incredibly talented batch of freshmen. Coming in for oh the first God. time. The kid is... New blood. The kid is out for blood. He's really doing the tryouts the hardest, the best that he can. He's putting in all these blood, sweat, and tears. And for whatever reason, at the end of tryouts, he does not make the team. And the genie in a side plot during this whole scene <laughs> realizes that this coach is corrupt. That he has been accepting favors from parents to get certain kids on teams. And it's not the connections the main character had. So the genie himself, three years of work, is frustrated. He's livid. He's like, you don't need to be on this football team. You could figure out something else for yourself. It's co- You could do something incredible with your life. Don't focus on this. And, you know, he's consoling. And it's this whole tear tear bending moment. And he's like, I'm so sorry, genie. I had, I had, I made this so complicated for you. And the genie's like, no, this is the best years of my life I've ever had. You're amazing. You are incredible. And you know, they have this wonderful friendship. And as the opportunity to be on this sports scholarship passes, the first and second wishes cannot be fulfilled. So the genie is stuck in this human life, living whatever this world is outside of the lamp. And years Mm. pass and decades pass. Oh my God. The the wish cannot be fulfilled. The genie cannot be returned to the lamp, and the kid refuses to take his final wish. It's 30 years later. What? The genie the layers. Oh my god. 
I wasn't ready. <laughs> the genie now has a cell phone. He's living in a different city. Oh, good for him. And he gets this text from a number that he doesn't recognize. And he says, hey, it's the kid who I forgot to name at the beginning of this story. Um, I want to come back to Plainsville and and, and celebrate <laughs> with me. I just got a new job. And uh, Genie's like, yeah, good, yeah, no problem, friend. You, you got it. You know, and he comes to this town. He, he visits this little humble celebration in this little old house. And the party is celebrating the kid becoming the football coach of the high school. Oh, my God. And he looks at the genie and he says, it took 30 years, but I finally made it to that football team. Tomorrow, I'm going to start my first day as coach. <laughs> and you're free from the wishes. You, you, you don't need to help me anymore. And the genie's like, you know what? This is, this wish has done more for me than it's done for you. And I could not be more grateful. You still got that third wish in your pocket. By all means, spend it how you wish. And the kid who went unnamed at the beginning of the story goes, I wish that this wish belongs to you. Spend it however you want. And the genie takes it, holds it. And in the late hours of the night, as the party winds out, and he has a wonderful time meeting all of the friends and family of this kid, who's had a wonderful life despite not fulfilling his high school dreams. Uh, and the genie says, I would love to do this again and again and again. I wish that I only be used to help people earn their place in life and motivate them to be their best selves. He whisks back into this lamp, ready for his next task, no longer seeing it as a place of captivity, but rather an engine for opportunity. End scene. Lower oh. credits. Roll that '90s sitcom sound of whatever mm, plays yeah, in the gotta in be, gotta be wholesome wow. angels in the outfield energy. Roll credits. Wow, uh, what? We'll close that out like that. He loved his job. That was the he loves his that job. Was the loophole. This <laughs> is loophole. Oh my god, he found life purpose. Oh. Good for him. Oh my god, that's great. I mean, I love yeah. it. I don't know how. I was so confused where we were going, but I mean, I love it. It's great. This is beautiful. Oh. And that's what happens when their first idea is sports. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you should do that more often because it was great. <laughs> it was beautiful. Next was episode about sports I, did, I wasn't ready for this to be like so wholesome. I thought you were going to be like all like, I don't know. I didn't want to. Like sneaky I mean, and, and uh, smart about hard, it, but you were just like really wholesome. <laughs> it was great. Hard pivot on whatever happened last night on that stream. Yeah, maybe maybe this was like the morning. antithesis that you needed. I think that's maybe mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. I love it. This is great. All right. And as we wrap up the final prompt of this episode, oh, I have to like die down a little bit. <laughs> I would like to thank you all for listening so much. <laughs> if you want to send in your own prompts to us, you totally can. We got a Gmail. What is it, Dante? Please elaborate. It is yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. That's yeah. yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. There you go. It's just our name. It's easy. <laughs> Find us, reach us. We love to hear from you. There's going to be very soon one of our famous uh, prompt-only episodes. Famous. Not the coming one, but the one after. Do I say that correct? Yes, 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 yes. Episode 70. Yes. So stay tuned for that one. But until then, there's going to be a few more episodes. <sighs> and before that, there's this one thing that somehow we never figure out. 
and it's、mm. about how our rivers are wrong. Right, right. Well, wrong. Yes. And there's no changing that, and we won't explain it. Nope. <laughs> it's part of the deal. You got, you know, if you want to listen to this podcast, it's it's got to be part、Maybe、of it. Maybe next time. Maybe <laughs> next time. Who knows? Maybe next time. Yeah. You know, we don't make the rules here. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. See you in the next one. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Rivers Are Wrong. If you have any thoughts for topics, prompts, or if you just want to share your thoughts, you can reach us at yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. That's yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Big thank you goes to Martin Skelligans for our intro and outro music. And most importantly, thank you for listening. We hope to catch you at our next episode. Have a good one.